Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cinema Rogues. I am your host, Andrew, and with me, as always, is our co-host, Guy. Hello. Hi. Uh, so, as always, um, please, if you listen to our show, you can definitely go check me out on Board Game Barbarians. It is my board game-related podcast um, that you can listen to me and mostly Justin and I just talk about board games and tabletop gaming. Uh, and you can check out Retro Warriors, also where Justin's at. Uh, that's kind of where we branched off of now that we're a real show. We're a real boy. Oh, boy, I'm a real show. Yeah, we got turned into a real show. The, <laughs> the, the podcast fairy came and visited us and and told us to do that. Um, Wait, before we get too far away from board game barbarians, what was your last episode? I remember seeing the title of it and like, oh, I might check that one out. Uh, it's mini painting. So. Mini painting, that's right. That seems like... Uh, my opinion of me, of mini painting is it's boring as shit. I tried to do it at one point and I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done. It definitely, uh, yeah, it definitely takes, takes a certain person. I don't know. Like I, I like putting on like a, a boring documentary and then just having at it. And <laughs> cool. Lis- listening to the documentary and painting at the same time. Yeah. Um, well, and then, I'm, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, you can check out guy, uh, with site studios on YouTube. Go check him, check out him, uh, check out him. Go ahead and check out and watch him play some video games. <laughs> uh, and Justin's going to start streaming again. Uh, oh, yeah. So check that out. Twitch.tv slash Retro Warriors. Nice. Yeah, check that out. I think he's doing it Mondays currently is is when he will be doing that. Um, but yeah, what you've been, uh, what, what movies you've been watching? Uh, before we get into that, I did have one quick editor's note. Um, last time we were talking about how to pronounce Gal Gadot. And so I went and looked it up because I felt really terrible being, you know, that I didn't know how to pronounce the star's name in the movie we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and looked it up. Her pronouncing her name as Gal Gadot. Yeah. So everybody else says Gal Gadot. So, you know. Yeah, well, that's wrong. and Everybody <laughs> else is wrong and we need to respect her. Okay, fine. Well, there we go. Yeah. I almost said Gal Donut. <laughs> Gal Donut. <laughs> oh no. Uh Gal Gadot. All right. So uh yeah. So my week uh, or a couple of weeks I guess. Uh finished Discovery season 3 or Star Trek Discovery season 3. Nice. Uh that was that was it was good. I I enjoyed it. Uh the way that they uh left the season off um gives them a lot of possibilities going to the future to make it a more traditional Star Trek show, which I'm looking forward to a lot. Um, caught up on the stand for now. Uh, it's still releasing episodes, but they're still doing uh, you know, releasing episodes. It's uh, again, you know, we talked about it a little bit last time. It's it's kind of hard to watch just because it's not really an escape, but right, it's interesting and it's it's very well acted and 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 I enjoy Stephen King stuff. So yay, yeah. Uh, I finished Shira finally. Um, been working on that for about six months. Um, how long is the show? Uh, five seasons, I think, like okay. ten episodes each, half an hour each. Just it's not been, super long, yeah. But it's it's long enough. Like I would watch an episode a night if I remembered to switch the channel while my girlfriend was going to sleep, kind of thing. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Um, we watched uh, Fast and Furious Six because we we're on a years long journey at this point to watch all the movies because we were going to watch them all before the ninth one came out. Uh, last May, and then uh, got delayed. I keep uh, I keep wanting to watch 
Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo Drift because it's the best one. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to pay $15 for it. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to pay $15, I might as well pay $40 for the collection they have on iTunes, which is like one through six with Hobbs and Shaw and I think another one. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I'm one through eight. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I bought the, the Blu-ray set that was like one through eight for, I think like $35 or something in Best Buy at one point. Yeah. I keep waiting for them to be like $20 for the whole thing. And I'm like, well, I can't say no to eight movies for $20. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I enjoyed, uh, Tokyo Drift. It is, I oh, think yeah. it's better than people give it credit for. I I don't know about that. I think it's a bad movie, but I love it. It's just a, it's a very, it's the, it's the most fun, the most fun Fast and Furious movie that I've seen, which is uh, two. I've seen two Fast and Furious movies. Well, now you just have to get your, your vaccine and then you can go over to Justin's house and watch all of them. He bought them. Wait, he bought them? Yeah. It was uh one of the, I don't know. I guess he got it, that new TV or whatever and yeah. uh, an ultra uh, Blu-ray player. And that was the a collection that he bought for some reason. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, Deadpool two. Finally watched that. Nice. I had not seen it. I had another uh, friend that had not seen it, and he texted me out of the blue last week and was like, "Finally watched Deadpool two. Didn't think it was as good as the first. Oh man, I thought it was. I, that's what I said. I was like, "No, nah, I'm pretty sure it's up there. Like, I liked it." Yeah, I I wouldn't say it was any better or worse. I think I think it was as good as the, I think the first com- one. Yeah, they're comparable. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed. <laughs> it it shocked me that they killed off Marina Bakarin's character. Uh, I forgot her character's name. Um, I forgot it too. Yeah, it shocked me that they killed her off. But then also like, they start the credits like, oh, you really killed her. <laughs> She's the yeah. love interest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, they have to. They had to kill her so that way he could marry Death. Right, I guess. <laughs> that didn't come up in this movie. Not at all. No. No. Um, but it, it was. It was like I said. It was. It was really good. Um, I, if if you haven't, if y'all listening haven't seen it for whatever reason, I would recommend checking that one out. Um. And then I uh, watched the, the Marvel Legends thing. They they premiered the first two episodes of that. I tried. It was yeah. just like the first episode is just like a recap of the characters in the movies showing clips from the movies. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen all these a bunch of times. I don't need to. Yeah, that's exactly it. what it is. But it's great. Like um, watching, excuse me, watching Wanda's story from Wanda's perspective with you know, clips from the movie, some supporting scenes and new dramatic music to kind of give it an overall like packaged theme sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it, it worked really well. And I think it'll be good for anybody who's trying to, you know, who hasn't watched the, the entire like infinity saga or phase one through three, like 50 times or whatever. Right. You know? Um, yeah. I just, I got like halfway through it and was like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to spend any more time watching this. See, I got like we we watched uh, WandaVision episode one and two, and I'll get to that in a second. But uh, yeah. since we both watched it, I kind of wanted to, to to say that for the end. Um, but but Chris and I was finished watching episode uh, episodes one and two, WandaVision, and and so she went like downstairs to do something or other, and I was like, well, let me see what this is all about. And then you know it started going. I was like, okay, this is kind of neat. How long is this? Oh, it's like seven minutes. Yeah, oh, okay, it's not this long is, this at is all. Great. 
So I got about halfway through it, and then she came upstairs, and I started it over, and we watched both of them. Oh, nice. Um, but it was it was neat too, because especially because the first two episodes are Wanda and Vision, you know, because I Wanda would, Vision came. I out. would assume so, yeah. Right, and uh, it was neat because you're seeing like the same story more or less, because Wanda's story is, you know. A, a large chunk of of her story is is falling in love with Vision and 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 the fallout from that. Right. Um. So seeing it from both characters' perspectives and their origins and stuff, it was it was kind of neat the way that they 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 had like even like the same fight, but it felt different uh, because of the way that the build up to it had gotten. Okay. So, I don't know. It, it's interesting. And then and then like I said, we watched uh, WandaVision's episode one and two. I um, did too. Right. It's uh. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I I laughed, but I was also off kilter a whole. Uh, it kept you kept me off kilter a bunch because of the the sort of underlying like tension of knowing that something is is really wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, the underlying um, that there's someone controlling this or that something's happening. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's 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 obviously in continuity with. Uh, or eventually going to be in continuity with 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 the current canon. Mm-hmm. So you know there there are all sorts of questions about how you know how is Vision alive and and what the fuck is actually going on and blah blah blah. Um, but then they they seed it with uh, characters in the show sometimes acting like they know something is wrong, like they have a little bit of meta knowledge potentially. I yeah, I always picked it up as in not to get too far into the show, but sure. Um, I picked it up as like they also don't know what's happening, and they're trying to kind of keep it a secret that they don't know what's happening because everybody else seems to be just going along with it. Yeah. At least for the neighbor that like helps out. Uh yeah yeah, yeah. and I think um the that seventy show mom lady forgot her name. Also seems kind of in not not necessarily in on it, but that she's going Aware. to be a larger character going forward. I suppose. Possible. I mean, she wasn't in the second episode, so. I mean, she was. She was, was in the she? audience oh, during the magic show. Oh yeah, she doesn't have a large role or anything. Yeah. Uh. Well, I guess we'll get into my two weeks. Uh, I watched a movie called Blind Fury. Uh. That. I watched with Justin that's basically about a blind Vietnam vet with a sword going around and like stabbing people or trying to save this kid. It was really awkward and weird and one of those like entertaining bad movies while also just being really bad. <laughs> like like it wasn't meant to be funny, but it was really funny. Um and it's on Amazon Prime if anybody wants to go check it out. I uh, we we started and finished his Dark Materials season two on oh, HBO. Nice. Uh, have you read ha, Have you read the books? I forget. I have not. No, and oh, I have okay. not seen the movie or anything like that. Um, my brother read the books a little bit, but I never read them myself. Um, and then kind of in preparation for the show topic, I watched Citizen Kane again. Um, today actually. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, in preparation for the show topic, I did not watch Citizen Kane as you requested. I well, know you requested I me have. to either not watch it or watch it after. So. Well, I, I request for you to watch it after because I wanted to see what your opinion of it was after 
because I have I have already watched it multiple times before seeing Mank, right. which is our show topic. But I did not. Um, I've never. I don't know. I haven't watched it in a little while, so I wanted to see what what you thought of Mank before seeing Citizen Kane. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get into some news. <laughs> um, I'll take a couple of them. Uh, so Godzilla versus King Kong moved from May to March 26th, and it'll be on HBO Max and in theaters. Um, so you've got the Chris Evans signs for more Captain America. The last time I saw the news, he was in talks to. Did he actually, did they finish that? Um, I thought they had, although um, I did see something from his Twitter account, and I don't know. Uh, the last time I looked at it was like Wednesday or Tuesday, so it, he could have finalized stuff by the time, like the last time I looked at it. Uh, it looks like they're still working on it. Yeah. Okay. So what I was going to say is that I saw a Twitter or a tweet from him that said it was said news to me. And I wasn't sure if that was in reference to the rumor, or if that was something else. Um, So apparently he's also not confirming that it's confirmed. Um, Yeah. Which it's Disney and Marvel. So they usually are pretty, uh, strict about all the information that they release and contracts and everything like that. Dude, they're um, strict about the information they tell Tom Holland at this point. <laughs> well, they have to be. Him and uh <laughs> him and the guy that played the Hulk, man. What's his name? Good old what's his name? Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Both of them are terrible at keeping secrets. <laughs> um and then I'll do Ray Fisher edited out of the Flash movie. Um if you haven't looked up that controversy, go ahead and check it out. There's some information that he released. Um I think he released like a phone conversation or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean right. the 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 whole story is that uh, I, I suppose a, a brief recap is that he uh, was unhappy with uh, with Joss Whedon when when Joss Whedon came in to take over from Zack Snyder because mm-hmm. uh, Zack Snyder needed to drop out of Justice League for for personal reasons, right? Um, and and his the the accusations that are public are um, just sort of general accusations of, of an abusive environment, um, created by Joss Whedon when he came in. Doesn't surprise Um, me. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he's been backed up, um, by, by multiple members of the cast, uh, his version WB has done an investigation, um, but nothing came of that investigation. And, and, you know, there are questions of, of how thorough was it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, it, it, things have come to a point where WB uh, supposedly is, is just at the point where they're like, no, you know, we're not even going to deal with the cyborg anymore. We're not going to recast it. You're not going to be in our movies. Oh, geez. We're, we're, we're just done with, with the character. Um, so, I mean, I, I assume that at some point it'll be worked out to a certain extent, whether they recast it or whatever. Right. Um, but, it, but it is pretty, uh, it's it's a rough situation and I and I and I don't I I can't talk knowledgeably enough about it to really get into it um but but I would encourage people to go look and see what Ray says and see you know make your judgments for yourself kind of thing. Yeah, make your own calls. Why don't you finish out the news for us? Sure man. Uh Siegfried from Siegfried and Roy uh died of pancreatic cancer at oh, the ripe old age of 81. I did not see that at all. Yeah, so now uh, Siegfried and Roy are both gone. Uh, which is weird to me. I don't, I, I don't know why it's weird. Uh, Cause they were a magic act from when I was a child. So right. it's, it's about time. <laughs> right. 
Uh, I didn't realize but, he was 81. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I guess I think so. I don't think about them that much um, to the point to where I just imagine they're always the same age for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's weird. Did they leave everything to their tigers? I have no idea. <laughs> Um, I, I don't have this on the news, uh, but because I, 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 I guess I found out today it's Betty White's birthday and James Earl Jones's birthday. Ooh, nice. Betty White is, is I believe, 99 this year. Dang. And Betty James White. Earl Jones is like 90 or some such. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, y'all. Keep, keep on keeping on. Keeping on, birthing it on. Uh, yeah. And then he is 90. James Earl Jones, born in 1931. Uh, Michael Keaton is confirmed has been confirmed by WB as one of two Batman going forward in the DC, um, I guess extended universe. Nice. Um, so that would be, uh, Him and Robert, Robert Pattinson's Pattinson. Batman yeah. and, and Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne, uh, which, which likely means that he's going to be taking on a mentor type role, um, specifically for the flash movie. I, I assume he's going to have some sort of mentorship with, with Barry, um, but, uh, if they're talking about him going forward for, for multiple movies, then you're potentially looking at like a Batman beyond type scenario. Maybe Terry McGinnis makes an appearance in live action. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to work with the flash. Is he the Batman in the flash movie? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I have heard, had heard rumors about Ben Affleck, uh, potentially, uh, making an appearance and both of them being in there. Yeah. Um, but I, I think WB is is committed to Michael Keaton being the main Bruce Wayne going old, forward. Old old man Batman. Yeah, old man Batman. Um, and then lastly, Netflix announced a slate of twenty seven movies uh, for for the rest of twenty twenty one. Um, yep. that, looking at them, I, I started to make a list, and there's just there's so many that it's hard to to make a list and, and I, highlight some. I don't think we would read it off on, on the show anyway cuz I no I read they were doing like once a once a week or something like that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean 27 movies that's every couple of weeks at least. Yeah. So pretty at least two two movies a month, if not more Man, on that's... some months, which is nuts. Um yeah, and that's uh, that. Ra- that's a wrap for news. Let's get um, into the topic. That's the news. Uh, so this week we're talking about Mank, which is a I don't be- I don't believe it's a Netflix original. I think it's a movie that Netflix purchased, um, in order to have the rights for it. But it is uh basically a biopic story of Herman Mankiewicz and his time writing Citizen Kane. Um, so release info came out. Uh, I. Th- think it came out you've got it here at 11 30 not i thought it came out like december 4th uh 11 30 2020 is what it said on the wikipedia page okay so maybe i got it wrong. maybe it had a an, an earlier theatrical release maybe it did. that actually yeah that might be true yeah because i'm seeing on imdb it says december 4th Interesting. So Confl- somewhere around the last week of, Dece- <laughs> yeah. of November. Conflicting information, December. internet. Um, but the screenplay was originally written by Jack Fincher's, uh, prior to Jack Fincher's death in 2003. Um, it's supposed to follow up to the game. <laughs> it was written by, by Jack Fincher, who is uh, David Fincher's dad. Um, it was going to be the movie that David Fincher directed after he directed the game. Okay. Um which uh, 
if I'm not mistaken, if I'm thinking of the right movie, it is uh, that dude from Falling Down. No idea. I'm so Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas movie uh, was the game, uh, which which I remember watching that when I was a kid uh, in 1997. I would have been 15, um, and I thought it was a really uh, a, a great movie. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess if if you if you want to check out a David Fincher movie, go watch the game. Anyway, yeah, uh, I've never orig- seen it, <laughs> so maybe I should. Um, originally, uh, Kevin Spacey and Jodie Foster were supposed to be uh, the stars of the movie. Yeah, that would have been um, terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you imagine again, Kevin Spacey as Herman Mankiewicz? I cannot, dude. That's that would have been atrocious. Yeah. Um, but the original version fell through because, uh, David Fincher wanted to film in black and white and the original company that, that was financing the movies like, no. So they didn't understand how it's just a giant homage to Citizen Kane and that that's why he wanted it in black and white. Yeah. Apparently, um, apparently the creative differences were, were enough that, that the project got shelved. Um, and he's been trying, been trying to, to get it made ever since. What a bunch of dum dums not taking yeah. over. Um, well, notable people. We've got director David Fincher. Uh, we got mm-hmm. story written by Jack Fincher. I uh, have Gary Oldman and Herman as Herman Mankiewicz, Amanda Seyfried as Marion Davis, and Lily Collins as Rita Alexander. In in supporting roles, you've got Arliss Howard as Louis B. Mayer, uh, Charles Dance as William Randolph Hearst. Tuppence Middleton as Sarah Mankiewicz and Tom Burke as Orson Welles. I was looking looking up some pictures. William or uh, Charles Dance would have looked just like William Randolph Hearst if they gave him some like neck fat. <laughs> if they had done that, it would have been like perfect. Oh man, I was talking. I was talking to my girlfriend uh, earlier, trying to remember what his name was. Uh, William Randolph Hearst, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, I. You know the dude in front, the dude in Citizen Kane that was played by like Charles Dance, uh, blah blah blah. And she's like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? Let me go look it up. And be, and the reason I went and looked it up is because the only name that I could think of was H.R. Puff and stuff. That's not, yeah, that's not it at all. <laughs> and then I told her that, uh, and she goes, Oh yeah, I would I would have gotten it if you had told me H.R. Puff and Puff and stuff. I'm like really? She's like, Yeah. I don't know. As soon that. as you said that, I thought William Randolph Hearst. Like what? How? <laughs> That's yeah. That is that is very weird. Um, awards and nominations. Uh, it's been nominated for several awards. I didn't necessarily want to list them all out. Um, but it's been nominated. Uh, I think the the list on Wikipedia was uh like seven different award shows. Um, and and the nominations range from supporting best supporting actress, best actor, uh. Best director, best screenplay, best cinematography, um, best costume design. I, I am. It'll be great if it only wins uh, Oscar an Oscar for writing. Oh, that'd be fantastic. That'd I, be funny. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, the reason that's funny I, for anyone that's listening is that's the only Oscar that Citizen Kane won was the uh, screenplay. Yeah. And and uh, I know we'll 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 get into it uh, some more, but I I found that whole like taking uh, taking credit thing endlessly fascinating. Yeah, that yeah that that part at the end. Yeah, definitely, definitely so. 
Um, but anyway, so I, I expect as as uh, award season progresses and we get into you know the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards, um, that that it'll be up in several categories. So um, I I don't know if I don't know if it's going to do well per se, but but um, yeah, I'm sure you know, we'll see it again. Yeah. In my opinion, I think it did. Uh, it 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 deserves the recognition that it's starting to get. For sure, yeah. No, it's been it was a great movie. Um, Rotten Tomato scores you got eighty three percent for the reviewers and sixty one percent for user score, and then Metacritic you got seventy nine percent for reviewers and six point one for user score. So obviously, like reviewers liked it more than users, um, or just like the standard viewer. I don't know. I just yeah, love this movie so much. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I I, I was laughing because it's the, the way that you said uh, users, um, users, user users of the video d- devices, video watching devices. Yeah, it's, not it's just, not the users from Tron. <laughs> just or just, the users from the streets. There you go. <laughs> Uh, well, tell me what did you spoiler free review before we get into it? Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, I, you know, like we we're saying, I thought it was really well done. Um, you know, it's it's very very clearly from the opening frame an homage to, um, uh, Citizen Kane or the era of movies that Citizen Kane came came out in. Um, you know, not having seen Citizen Kane, I couldn't necessarily draw the direct parallel. Um. But but have being familiar with the golden age of cinema, you know, it's, it's clearly, you know, the the aesthetic they were going for um, right. in, the, in the framing and in the in the cinematography. Um, you know, Gold, Gary Oldman, as always, is fantastic. And, and Lily Collins was was great as as his, you know, secretary slash nurse. Yeah. Slash, I don't know. Yeah, news she, at she, times. She did a great job. I thought Amanda Seyfried did a really great job. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even Charles dance, like it really, the, the whole cast, everything was great. Uh, Tom Burke has a very, very good Orson Welles voice. Yeah. Like his impression, impression or impression of Orson Welles was very good. <laughs> you know, you know how I judged it. Hmm. I judged it by how much it sounded like brain. Yeah. Cause that same guy. Uh, the same guy that does the voice for Brain has done multiple Orson Welles impressions for different movies and shows. <laughs> um, he's usually the guy that they <laughs> that they go to. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I'm on the same page with you. I thought it was a brilliant movie as far as like, and we'll kind of get into it in spoilers, but the the use of black and white, um, the shot for shot kind of remakes of some of the some of the shots in this movie versus some of the shots in Citizen Kane, definitely just a complete homage to Citizen Kane. And man, just, uh, if you like kind of story driven movies, uh, stylized, great cinematography, uh, great sound. There were obviously some, like I couldn't, one of those things where you can't tell if it's a backdrop or CG and you're, and you're kind of hoping that it's a physical backdrop because it just looks so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a well, well made, well crafted, and written movie. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, you kind of you kind of touched on this. There were there were a lot of great uh, character moments. Um, you know, the 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 story seemed to 
evolve, I suppose, you know, sort of, sort of naturally it was, um, you know, it's one of those things where it wasn't linear storytelling. Right. Um, but the, the way that it was told and the way, it, uh, was through all these different character moments that really built up, um, you know, the, the understanding of, of what happened and how you got from, you know, 1933 to 1940. Yeah. And that's what Citizen Kane does too. So Citizen Kane has the same, uh, shows you something from sort of now times and then flashbacks mm-hmm. or goes forward. Um, very, just like in the movie, just non, non-linear narrative. Um, but yeah, well, I guess we'll get into, uh, should you watch it? I think we both very much agree. <laughs> that if yeah. You, if you have, if you have the two hours just to watch it, um, it's, it's definitely worth it. As long as you're not expecting like, an action packed comedy. Like there's definitely uh comedic moments in this movie. Yeah. Like I, um, I, I agree. I, I, you know, having not watched Citizen Kane, but having, uh, been immersed in popular culture by virtue of living. Yeah. You know, it was, it was, uh, I, I was able to, to touch enough with the, with the source material or the, the, the reference material, I guess, um, to, to, to draw it back and, and, and see some of those moments, um, and, and, and relate to those. But at the same time, it holds its own very well as, as a, its own movie. Right. I mean, I would definitely a hundred percent still suggest that anyone go watch Citizen Kane. It is one of the best, if not, I mean, it's critically acclaimed as one of, as the best movie for a long time. I don't know if it still is. Um, but the reasoning for that is because it, for the most part started what we now know as modern filmmaking and cinematography. Yeah. So before, whenever movies like before citizen Kane came out, movies kind of filmed as if the uh, people you're seeing on stage were, it's like a stage, like a play. So right, they right. mainly filmed the sound stage in a stationary position. Like, like you're watching a play. Um, and citizen Kane definitely brought in the camera being its own character in a movie. Um, and established a lot of like shots and and cinematography work that has never been in a movie before that. So it's a it's an important movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was I was under the impression that it was like a three hour movie. Um, no, it's shorter than Mank, technically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By like five yeah, minutes. I was surprised. I, I turned it on today um, to to. I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to check out a little bit of it, and I and I had time, but then the time got away from me, so I never like finished anything. Yeah. I watched, like I said, uh, maybe twenty thirty minutes of it. The first like fifteen minutes where it's like the newsreel kind of thing is my least favorite part of the movie. But I, that part was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, we'll get Xanadu. It. <laughs> um, but yeah, so definitely go watch it. But I guess we'll get into the spoiler section of the show. Spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. A lot of the stuff that um that I wanted to talk about, I kind of talked about before the spoilers. Um, but I did want to say like just the complete like mimicking Citizen Kane, like uh what I didn't talk about previously was like the audio and the music. Like there's a filter on their voices, basically, that make it kind of sound like an older movie. Um, or the sound work for an older movie. I didn't really notice that per se. Um, but now that you mention it and, and thinking back on it, I, I can see that. Um, like there's like a, a tingy um, or a tinny 
uh, sound to their voices. Gotcha, where it sounds gotcha. like they were recording on like older equipment, basically, or like the equipment that they would have recorded on in that time. Yeah, and I thought it I thought it was neat that they filmed it in black and white, right? So, you yeah. know, it was it wasn't a it wasn't a post process thing. They actually uh, used black and white. Uh, I don't know if they used film or or they used like digital photography, um, but they didn't do any any of the shooting in color. They didn't do like their their custom color costume color blocking yeah. in color they did it in black and white i was reading that they had uh they used the the black and white iphone filter to to do to do costume tests to see how it would look when they do use black and white film okay um and so then they went and looked at you know what did people what colors did people wear and and actors wear and stuff um back in the in the 30s and 40s uh to to lend some authenticity to it Right. Um, but also so that those colors would show th- or, you know, the, those shades would show through in black and white properly. Nice. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really look too much into like the making. I do like, I would be interested in, I don't know if it's on, if it's uh, available for purchase, but I would be interested in like a commentary of the movie. Um, I've side note, I've actually been to Hearst castle in California. Um, cause you can go not right now cause of COVID, but, you can go <laughs> <laughs> you can go on tours and actually go into the castle and walk around and um it's basically like the Alcatraz tour where there's a tour guide. Well, I guess they don't do that anymore. So all headsets, but um where's uh where's that at? That is in Sam Sam Sandian, which is I assume around LA somewhere. Closer to Bakersfield. Yeah, it's fairly far away from Los Angeles. It's in between. Oh, okay. It's actually like almost smack dab in the middle between San Jose and Los Angeles. San Jose. San Jose. San Jose is up, uh, up by San Francisco. Yeah, that's just it. That to me, that's a weird reference city because if you're going to reference the Bay Area, generally it's San Francisco. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, San Francisco. Well, yeah, I guess that's weird. I'm from California, so. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was a, a the time that I went, I was sick. Um, I was very sick, but I still like dragged myself on the tour, which was probably a bad idea. Um, I got excited in like the first fifteen minutes of this movie just because of the cinematography and and directing was so good. Um, well, like what specifically? I, like it just felt like it was kind of made in the same fashion that Citizen Kane one, which which I'm a hundred percent sure is on purpose. Uh, but I don't know, like just the the shots. There was the one of the shots that I really liked was whenever um, he's walking with um, Amanda Seyfried mm-hmm. uh, in the in the zoo area, I guess. Right. Where they're right next to the monkeys and they hold that long shot of them walking from far away, which they don't really do in movies anymore. Um, that's the only one I can think of. There was another one that I really liked, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, I mean, overall the cinematography was really great. Um, right. Like hundred percent, all of it was, but I'm saying like, yeah, like the first like 15 minutes, I was like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> this is done very well. Yeah, I thought um, the the scene where he uh, uh, Mank was like super drunk and just going off on on Hearst, 
uh, at his birthday yeah. party or whatever it was. I thought that mm-hmm. was really well. Uh, uh, I, I don't know what the word for it is. Uh, bl- Act blocked Act. out. Yeah, like just the the way that the cameras were, the way that the cameras were set up, the way that the 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 angles that they they were, and the, the way the lighting interacted with it, I thought was yeah. was fantastic in that scene. One thing I didn't like was the first birthday scene, um, which I think it was for um, Mayer's birthday. Mm-hmm whenever they're talking about Hitler and communism and all that, um, there's the fire behind William Randolph Hearst was obviously CG. I didn't notice. And it bugged, like I rewound it and I was like, <laughs> cause I'm like, is this like my wife? I was like, is this CG? It's bugging me. And she was like, Oh yeah, that looks like it's CG. And uh, now that we're talking about it, I maybe real fire affected the black and white film process in some way. Oh yeah, it's possible. And so they had to put in a fake fire, but it definitely it looked it looked off. If it was a real fire, it looked weird. Like it didn't look like a real fire. Um but maybe maybe it was just like uh from underneath just a gas fire, like propane. And so that maybe that's why it looked weird. I don't know. I'm used to like I don't have gas in my house for a fireplace, so <laughs> <laughs> I have to do I have to do real like just regular wood fires. Um, yeah, that was auto. Uh, anyway, just like the what what we've kind of already talked about. I didn't realize that Mankiewicz had because I went back and looked at his IMDb, mm-hmm. and he actually like worked on Wizard of Oz and a couple other movies, and I did not was not aware of that. Oh yeah, yeah, he was a he was a big writer for for MGM for a while there, which. Um, which, which I suppose was, was sort of a, a point of the movie, but it's, um, you know, I, I did the same thing, went and looked back at his IMDb and he was involved in so many, so much stuff. And it's, yep. I, I think a lot of it has to do with just the way that studios operated back in the day, um, where they had, you know, sole rights to, to writers and actors and actors and directors. Yeah. Right. And everybody had to touch something because they wanted to make sure it was profitable I thought it was a, a really nice touch, the cigarette burns in the movie. So for anyone oh, yeah. That, yeah, that, was cool. that doesn't know or hasn't watched Fight Club, because <laughs> uh, they, they explain it in Fight Club, uh, it, the old real movies, you don't see them anymore because they're all digital, um, they would have a cigarette burn in the um, actual film itself to let the real operators know when to switch reels. Um, and so in this movie, which I think even a lot of older movies, they've digitally removed them. <laughs> So I thought it was funny because I didn't see it. I don't remember seeing it in Citizen Kane, um, but I thought it was funny that they added the cigarette burns <laughs> yeah. for a completely digital movie. I remember, I remember when uh, when 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 Fight Club came out, and that that was a, a thing to pay attention to. After that, um, right. noticing that there's there's two of them. There's one like yep. At the be- it's either at the beginning of the camera shot that's going to change, or it's or it's a specific time amount. But there there's definitely yep. like a warning one, and then one at the very end of the scene where you where you're supposed to switch. Yep, and there are actually two in the two in the movie, like two sets in the movie. Yeah. So the f- first one is when they're talking after the zoo, like around the fountain, um, and then the second one is during a transition, um, where it says like you know exterior someplace, basically a scene transition. Which I was uh, I I liked that too, just the transition actually showing you 
um, the script writing for how each scene changes, and they did that every time there was a flashback. Now, I should say the movie's chock full of stuff like that. That's that's uh, you know, and, and we keep saying it's an homage to you know Citizen Kane, but it's and, and it's an homage to you know old old time cinema making. Yeah. Well, there's the obvious definite one where he's got the bottle of tranquilizers in his hand and it falls out of his hand onto the floor. And that's just a homage to Citizen Kane dropping the snow globe mm-hmm. that the whole movie is basically starting from. Um, I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was a subtle commentary on our current political climate as well or if it was just that because we've kind of reverted to the old political climate well you know we we kind of talked uh, touched on this in our wonder woman episode a bit too um you know the the 30s in the great depression um were really uh caused by income inequality right you know and and the 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 collection of resources at in a very few and and and, and not being able to sustain that you know on a, on a countrywide level um right so i think there you're going to get a lot of 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 similarities just because we we find ourselves in a similar situation these days um and then you had the uh what is it uh what is his name yeah he's played by bill nye yeah bill nye the science guy so bill nye the science guy was was running for office uh as a socialist or he was a previously a socialist but running on the democratic ticket. Right. And I think um him and 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 William Randolph Hearst had similar views if I if I'm not mistaken if if I'm reading this right. Um or not if I'm reading this, it, if I if I read the movie right. Yeah, in the in his youth, that's what the big like drunk speech is about is about um I mean, he basically gives the entire story for Citizen Kane during that drunk speech in the birthday Right, like the Don Quixote story. Um, well, and that's what I noticed is, in the in the newsreels watching the beginning of Citizen Kane was, you know, it was talking about how uh, was that uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. You know, when it comes to his political ambitions, you know, never right. elected to office. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and so I, you know, watching Citizen Kane, I drew that back to what they were talking about William Randolph Hearst and uh, that other guy who, who I'll think of in a minute. You know, Meyer. What, oh no! You mean the political? Yeah, guy. yeah, Bill Nye. Um, yeah, and so <laughs> it's one of those things where where calling things communist and socialist, uh, calling progressive things uh, communist and socialist are are just arguments that not are used n- by the right and have been for for forever, really. Um, yeah, and so I, I think a lot of that comes through. Um, in this movie and, and and it's uh you know it, how we got out of the depression in the 30s was through a bunch of progressive socialist type policies um and upton sinclair is who you're looking for thank you upton sinclair um and so you know it's it's hard it's hard to have a movie based around a uh, a, a movie that i don't even know what i'm trying to say right now it's it's I think yeah. I, I'm trying to say it's hard to have a movie uh, that touches on the character that another movie is about without without pulling in 
um, his political sort of philosophy and leanings and, and analyzing that for at least right. a little bit. Yeah, I I think the the main thing like my wife said when we were watching it was just she was like, yeah, it's depressing that it like it's been a hundred years and we still haven't like we're still doing the same political tropes of calling anyone progressive a communist or a socialist and that still being a bad word socialism not communism communism is bad but right but um, but accusing people of being communist because they want to give health care to people or whatever is right weird i mean just to round off the political discussion because you know we, we could get off into the weeds but to round it off real quickly yeah we'll put a cap on it to, to be fair you, we're having the same discussions and arguments these days but for a good chunk of time in the 40s to mid 50s you, you know we did do a lot of the things that that needed to be done um you know and, and provide opportunities to, to people that didn't have them and, and and you know we established social security and, and all this other stuff um so we did you know learn some lessons we've just regressed a bit i think i didn't want to mention bill nye was in the movie i thought that was that was funny. It was a funny moment because my wife was the one that recognized it because he's kind of in the distance. You don't really ever see him up close. Um, but she, she was just like, oh, my God, is that Bill Nye? And I was like, no, that's not the science guy. Dude. And then I have to, I, I have to go and look it up. I was like, no, that's the science guy. And Kristen, yep. Kristen goes, oh, it is. I was like, I can tell by his voice. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I th- I liked. I think that was what I was gonna say is that I liked that in the Don Don Quixote scene is him explaining the the plot of Citizen Kane to William Randolph Hearst in his face. Um, yeah, that was great. I'm glad I made it the show topic just because I was looking forward to the movie, and then I forgot about it, and then I remembered it, but I didn't want to spend time to watch it, <laughs> and so I made it the topic so it would force me to watch the movie that I wanted to watch. Well, do you have any other, I suppose, specific moments or scenes that were um, evocative of of Citizen Kane in any way, or anything that you were like, like, had I watched Citizen Kane, you, you know, things that you were like, hey, did you notice this? Hey, did you notice that? I mean, it, I, the shot whenever they're by the fountain, whenever the cigarette burn happens, the first one, mm-hmm. um, in the background, there's a backdrop of Hearst Castle, and it's almost. Uh, the ex- looks the exact same as the backdrop for Hearst Castle in Citizen Kane. Um, so they look very similar, except that uh, the backdrop in Citizen Kane only had one light on versus in this movie, it's got a bunch of lights on because there's people all over the castle. Um, all right, you keep calling it Hearst Castle. In the five minutes of Citizen Kane that I saw, it was called like Xanadu or some bullshit. What's Xanadu Zan- is what they called it. Because in, in, they can't call him William Randolph Hearst. They called him Charles uh, or Charles Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they couldn't name it Sansinian because that would have been like, hey, this is obviously William Randolph Hearst. You know, they had to, they couldn't make them the same named people or have the same information, even though they still got sued for it because it was close enough mm-hmm. um, to real life. But that's what Xanadu is, Samsonian or Hearst Castle. Gotcha. And for anyone that doesn't know, William Randolph Hearst was a crazy person and literally imported pieces of other castles all over Europe. Uh, to California and put them all together like 
uh, I guess Tetris style and made a giant weird castle out of it all. Oh man. So um I know I I particularly love the scene where he meets William Randolph Hearst for the first time, right? Cuz uh Marion's like out there screaming and like wakes him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that scene too. I liked uh that was the other shot that I really loved. That was the for you reminded me it was the 15 minute shot. Um it's the one whenever he's walking alongside the um film car like the car that it's that's filming the the horses or the the guys on the horses as they go Mm -hmm. and the camera is the camera that you're that that you're watching from is panning back as that walks as that pans forward and as mank walks forward and it was just such a like like it gave me like chills shot like it was such a nice shot like i liked it so much like the symmetry of that of that was just great yeah, I um let's see. The other I didn't understand completely what was going on with the medication or whatever that they had like hidden away. Like I know that uh Orson Welles had him, you know, uh hidden away in like a dry area so that he could concentrate or, or whatnot. And then and they clearly right. snuck some sort of something in that seemed like it was Mank thought it was booze. Turned out it was some sort of like fucking sedative or some shit. Yeah. It was a tranquilizer. So like, yeah. So they put it in there. They're like, hey, this is alcohol. When your legs are better, uh, you can get it. And he got it before his leg was better. And then he drank the entire bottle. And I think you're only supposed to drink like half or something like that. (laughs) Uh, Side note, in Citizen Kane, uh, his second wife does the same thing. She takes an entire bottle of sedative. And it looks like the same exact bottle on the nightstand. So they modeled it after that bottle and they're all worried about her because she passed out and they call a doctor and all that stuff. Oh, okay. And then in, in Susan Kane, his second wife was based off of, uh, Amanda Seyfried character, character, right? But she, but she was named after the, the nurse lady. Um, I think so. Yeah, in the in Citizen Kane, her name was like Sarah Alexander something. Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Sarah Alexander Kane. There we go. Um, yeah. And his 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 secretary was uh, was Rita Alexander. Ah, okay. So so Mank stuck her name into the movie. There you go. Um, what a nice thing to do. Yeah, it's a nice thing to do. And I thought I thought their relationship was really cool. Um, it started off. Uh, sort of standoffish, and she was like, "Are you kidding me? Like this guy's just a fucking drunk and, a, and an asshole." Yeah. Um, you know, and and but but it evolved over over the the time that he was writing the movie, um, and and even there was uh the the story that w- was told by his uh friend or whatever, um the the other lady in the house. Oh, his nurse. Yes. Yeah, wherever wherever he's uh he basically transferred her entire village to America because of Nazi Germany. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That's, in, that's insane. Um, I don't know if that's true. I assume it is cause they put it in the movie and I feel like that's like one of those larger than life things that they would have included and not made up, but it could have been, I guess we should have looked that up, but we didn't. <laughs> so, well, you know, well just say it. Herman Mankiewicz saved people from Nazis. Yeah, he did that. Uh-huh. 
A hundred percent verifiable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the whole part I liked. Uh, I liked. I almost said Citizen Kane. I liked Orson Welles, the guy that played Orson Welles. Uh, like anger at the end of the movie whenever he's all pissed off that um, that Mank wants to have any sort of writer credits. Which you were you wanted to ask about that. Well, I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, I because it was interesting to me, like. Uh, you know, at the beginning when, when he's on the phone with, um, the, the intermediary guy, um, mm. you know, and he's, he's like, no, 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 I don't want credit for it. I just, you know, I want to write this movie There's a movie that I want to get made. I don't care about credit. And right. then, you know, through the process of, of, of working through, you know, that, that time in his life and, and, and writing the screenplay, which, you know, I, I think everybody's heard the the axiom of of write what you know, um, right? And so to to write the screenplay that's been you know gestating in in his brain for a couple of years at this point of of this experience that he lived and went through since um, that birthday, since that birthday, um, you know, it's it it was really interesting to see him evolve from no, I just want this out there to. Are, yeah, this is the best thing I ever wrote. Uh, I, I'm going to take credit for it. Sorry. Right. You know, and he even said to to the intermediary guy, he's like, dude, Orson's not going to like this, but I need to talk to him. You know, and, oh, and, yeah. and from from what I gather, you know, they there's a very public rift about that credit. Um, and and it was it, it's interesting to see that, you know, that 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 rift didn't come from from a selfish place necessarily as much as a a place of of pride of accomplishment and and or an earned place yeah um i thought i thought that was really really interesting and and uh i I went and looked at it or or, again in my research found out that 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 david lynch uh or not david lynch i keep saying david lynch david fincher um was uh, would they ask him about it? And he said, you like, I'm not, I'm not giving an answer about this credit thing. This is, I'm not trying to write this movie to, to posthum- posthumously ju- pass judgment on, on, you know, right. who should or shouldn't have gotten credit. And, you know, it, it's, it's not an argument for that. I, I, it doesn't really matter. I just want to illustrate the, the motivation behind claiming that credit. Right. Or why he, yeah. Yeah, I liked the. Uh, I don't know. I one last thing I wanted to say, which is kind of off topic. At at the end of the movie, whenever he's accepting his Oscar and they're filming him in front of like his house or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is the moment that I was like, you know, he'd make a really good uh Walt Disney, like older Walt Disney, if they ever made another biopic with him. Dude, but like I, facially, Gary Oldman could play any part, really. Yeah. Yeah, uh, wasn't that. there something about him not wanting to be filmed or wanting to be filmed in not makeup or something? I was there. Gary Oldman was was kind of nervous because he's been in heavy prosthetics for like Churchill and and a couple of other of his more recent roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this, uh, David Fincher was like, "No, no, you're going to look like you, but you're just going to inhabit the character enough that people are going to believe it." And, and, and Gary Oldman's really great at doing that. So, um, you know, I, I think they, they made a great decision. Yeah. That would have been good. I don't think, uh, the movie would have been as good if Gary Oldman was trying to look like, cause he looks nothing like 
Herman Mankiewicz. <laughs> right. Um, so I think that might have taken away with from it if if he was trying to be or look like him. Yeah. So uh, again, um, I guess let's get into to final thoughts then. Um, They're pretty like, obvious, I think. It's pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> you need to see this movie if if you've made it this far in our show uh, and you haven't seen this movie, go see it. It's uh, if you're interested in film as an art form. Then yeah, I think it is a must. I think that, that's that's a great way of putting it. I, I, this is, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a very artful film. It's a it's a character study. It's uh, an homage to classic filmmaking, and it's it's just a really solidly put together movie. Yep, it's a well crafted story with beautiful cinematography and just artistic artistic uh, framing. But you can watch it on Netflix. That's where it's available right now. I don't know. I didn't even look to see if it's on iTunes or anything. Have they made it available for like home video? I don't believe they have. I don't know why I said it like that. Home video. The uh, home to have, videos. It is not on iTunes, so it looks like looks like Netflix will own it for a while. Yep. So yeah, if you have Netflix check it out um it's it's well worth it and you're paying for it anyway so <laughs> you're already paying for it so you might as well watch it absolutely um well then uh i guess uh i guess it's time to talk about next time eh yeah what, what are we watching next time we are watching the midnight sky starring george clooney and felicity jones when was that made uh last year came out in 2019 oh it's uh, on Netflix as well. It's on Netflix as well. Um, I, I was going through the different services to try and find a, a recent-ish movie that wasn't Soul. Um, there's, I I, I want to get to Soul, but there's also some some controversy uh, with the movie and its and its casting. Um, and before we get into that movie, I want to be more intelligible about it. Okay. Um, so that's it's probably on the list here in in February. I would think. All righty. Well, we'll be back next time. And until then, uh, remember, the narrative is one big circle, like a cinnamon roll. Not a straight line pointing to the nearest exit. Like Like a a cinnamon cinnamon roll. roll. Bye. Bye.